Welcome back to Tay Radio Marin. I am your host, Santi Hernandez, with your co-host, Annalie Reyes. Today, we'll be talking about the work Desire to Inspire Studios does for our community with the founder, Trevor Henley, and multimedia storyteller, Eric Garcia. Thank you both for joining us. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Thank you, Santi. Uh, my name is Trevor Henley. I am the inspirational activist, founder, and executive director, because I have to have an official title, uh, of Desire to Inspire Studios Foundation. My name is Eric Garcia. I am the multimedia storyteller and brand strategist for Desire to Inspire Studios Foundation. Well, we're really excited to hear more about uh, DTI, or Desire to Inspire, mm-hmm. Nicely done. which <laughs> I have heard of and I was a part of, and we can kind of hear the backstory of that. But before we dive into the backstory and the history of DTI, we're going to have an icebreaker question. And it is, what is one famous historical person you would want on your team in a zombie apocalypse and why? This is a hard question. Ooh, I like that. I mean, <laughs> historical person of all time is Einstein for me. Oh, okay. Um, for a variety of reasons. But when I was growing up, I used to... Uh, stare at all the posters and all the quotes and be like, who is this crazy guy? He's speaking mm-hmm. right to me. So if I want to be stuck in a zombie apocalypse, I might as well have someone else insane like me just hanging out. Interesting. I would say um, Aristotle, a philosopher, Greek, um, just a thinker, just an amazing, smart person. So need the need the intelligence side of it. He's okay. got the brains. I got the brawn. <laughs> okay. I was going to say Albert Einstein as nice. well. So... I think you're all on the same boat, Albert Einstein would nice. be, and, and I don't know what thing, what creation he would come up with while in a zombie apocalypse. But thank you so much. Um, that was a really interesting question, and that question was brought to uh, by Chris, who is our, our um, director of communications and media here at MCM. Um, so, Trevor, before starting DTI, what were you doing? And before we can kind of dive in, I think it would be great for you to explain what Desire to Inspire Studios is, and then we can jump in into before you started, you know, your nonprofit. What were you doing before that? Yeah, so Desire to Inspire Studios Foundation is uh, it's a vocational training media production five hundred one c three. Our mission is to empower people to pursue their passion of photography and videography as a career by giving back to their community through nonprofit work. Okay. We provide, the other side of it is we also provide, our internal mission is we provide people and our youth in safe places to fail. Because if, we also believe that if you're not failing, you're probably not trying hard enough. And failure is when you learn life's greatest lessons. Or at least for me, when I fail is when I learn my life's greatest lessons. So we want to provide safe opportunities with high impact for our youth to fail. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I think I I appreciate your work because for youth, it's very, like, scary to fail, but it should be the opposite. We should be embracing failures and learn from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I like how you guys have that safe group. Um, but we also wanted to know how did you guys started this foundation Um what made you inspired to do this foundation? Yeah. So do you want to start from the beginning Cliff Note version or go backwards from where we're at? Let's give you guys that choice. Mm. Ooh. Well. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I was. See, one of the questions that I, I have for you is, you know, what what events or challenges led you to work into photography? Hmm. Um, so then does that help where we can build off from that? Sure, that's like middle of the story. So, so do you want to start from the beginning? Because yeah. I think maybe we're missing parts that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll start off with um, growing up, I was constantly bullied. Um, I felt alone. I was constantly in trouble. I did not fit into school system. Um, it's hard to do, but I was suspended in kindergarten all the way through my, uh, all the way through middle school, even in trouble all the way to my junior year in high school where two things happened. Um, one, I figured out the system and I became the person handing out the referral slips to all the other kids in trouble. Um, but that's a whole different story. But then, um, junior year of high school is when I also found photography. I got placed into a photography class as a scheduling error. So when I was growing up though, I, like I said, I was bullied and 
I remember specifically spending one day, I was running from a group of my peers and I was on the playground at Coleman. I was on the soccer field running around and it had rained and I slipped and I fell and my peers dogpiled me. They jumped on me. They hit me. They kicked me. They yelled at me. They basically did everything they could to put me down and make me feel bad. And I was laying at the bottom of this pile and I remember just laughing, laughing hysterically because one, I knew it would piss them off more. And two, because I couldn't actually believe that this is how a group of my peers decided to spend their time because someone else thought it was a good idea to put someone else down to make themselves feel better. I've always beat to my own drum. I've always marched my own path. I've always done what I wanted to do. And uh, I got in trouble a lot for that. And I didn't fit in with my peers. So all the way growing up, I felt alone. I felt like I was misunderstood. I felt like I couldn't be heard. Um, until again, my junior year in high school, when I got placed into a photography class, I was trying to take illustration to follow in my dad's footsteps and he hand drew Christmas cards since 1972. Oh, oh wow. And I was like, I can't draw worth the dang. I want to learn how to draw. So I took illustration. I walked into the class and they're like, welcome to photography. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I grabbed my dad. I asked my dad if he had a camera and, uh, I grabbed his 1972 Nicromat camera and I took three photos of our varsity football game and those three photos at night. And those got used in the yearbook over the photographers that have been going every game and taking rolls of film. Yes. Film every game. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then, uh, my senior year. Oh, and then I went on a trip to Germany and I brought back a photo album of all my photos for two weeks. And everybody asked me why I bought so many postcards. And at the time, I was like, I was pissed. I was like, I took these, I took these, you know. And someone's like, Trevor, it's a good thing. It means you could sell your work. Oh, okay. So I could do this for a living or I could make money at this. But I also found out that that's when I became more confident in myself. Um, I stepped out. I found that photography was my medium to connect to my peers and to share the world, what I saw through photography and they got it. And then all of a sudden, and along with my confidence, I was like able to communicate with my peers and I, my senior in high school, I was friends with like all sorts of different groups. Um, every, every kind of group at the school. So that's kind of the beginning of where this started. Um, and then right out of high school, I was doing photography. I was doing school portraits and senior portraits and kids' soccer photos. And I moved into doing that and, uh, for six years. I was moved up to head photographer. I could make anyone smile within 30 seconds or less and click the camera at the right time. And that was my claim to fame. But I didn't really have a mentor. I learned uh, – I also actually ran my own painting business. I did interior, exterior, and residential commercial painting since I was 14. And I, again, didn't have a mentor um, I was actually left on a job and the guy that I was working for got a foreman job. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? He's like, finish the job. What am I supposed to do after that? Go get more work with what? He's like, here's all your tools. I'm like, oh, okay. I have no idea what I'm doing. So, but I just, I've learned by doing, and I've learned by running into brick walls and seeing if I could bash my head through the brick wall or if I needed to go around or if I needed to go over it. And that's how I've learned. So um, in 2004, 05, I went and had a time in my life that I don't ever remember. And that can be a whole different podcast. Um, but I shouldn't have survived many times. And when I came back, I was homeless. I lived out of my truck. I was, uh, lived out of my truck for six months. I ran out of money in Moss Landing and I was able to get by because two people gave me a helping hand up. One was someone that I actually painted houses for during that time of my life. I never remember. And another one was a local fish market that would give me fish that they couldn't sell, but um, wasn't bad. And that was often my one meal a day. So fast forward after that six months, I was able to, I had written also business plan during that time because I had to take inventory of my life. It was the first time I used my brain and I grabbed business plans for dummies. I didn't know what I was reading, but I read it. And I answered as many of the questions as I could. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go start a studio. I'm going to teach people how to take portraits and make them smile from the heart. And I'm going to set up a studio wherever I want to go in the world and teach people how to do this. But again, I didn't have any mentors. 
And when I started my business in 2006, this Henley Photography, I immediately got my first intern and I got asked to do a lot of nonprofit work. And I learned that there were so many of these organizations out there um, that were helping people. And when I first started out, I didn't have clients. I didn't have money. I didn't really have a clue, but I was going to make it happen. And so when I got asked by these nonprofits, I was like, uh, sure. Can you pay me? They're like, no. Can you feed me? Yes. Awesome. I was looking for money, clients, and food. Those are what I was after. So um, I started that, and I had, like I said, I had my first intern, and I realized, I was like, oh, what am I doing teaching people? I don't know anything, and, but I'd had a long life experience already, and what I realized, I was teaching people how to put their hands out in front of their face so that when they failed, they didn't rub their face off on the concrete like I did. They at least had their hands out in front of their face, and they got something to fall on, and that's kind of the premise of what I started with, and there's a lot more to, to that, but in 2016, I started Desire to Inspire Studios, LLC with the idea that there's so much more we can do together than we can ever do on our own. Um, and then that was going great. We were bringing photographers together, helping them do the work that they love to do and not do the work they didn't want to do. And then the pandemic happened um, in 2020. We had our nonprofit filing and 2019, um, sorry, but then 2020, what happened? We lost all of our LLC business and we got together our core team. We're like, what do we want to do? Well, we all got together because we want to teach people how to do photography and videography, and we want to tell stories of people helping people. Well, that sounds like our mission. And then we just went full tilt. And then 2020, we helped raise over a million dollars for eight organizations um, and completely pivoted. And we also had 25 interns come through our program in 2020. So I think that was a long, short answer of your question of how this got started mm -hmm. and my backstory. On the cliff note version. <laughs> well, do you want to add? Something? Yeah, I saw her. <laughs> um, I think one of just like telling your story is very inspiring. I, I, I think there's so much to admire from you because you were so bold to stand out between these people who were bullying you. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of young people who are afraid of getting bullied because they don't they don't want to share um, their their different values or perspective because um, they usually mold with the other people. And so I'm, I'm very, I guess, uh, like, I don't know how to say it, but like, you know, like very um, inspired by you because you were very bold at a, a young age um, to willing to stand up for yourself in your values and in, in what you believe and I think also like humbling beginnings from this um, foundation was really nice to hear your story because a lot of people think um, great things happen because of luck, but it's not. And we've seen it through your story that it started like all the way in the beginning and all, all the way in the bottom. And then you grew up growing this foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> I didn't know your story in depth, even though it was a very short answer. Um, back in around four or five years ago, I actually I actually got an interview, got the opportunity to interview you, mm -hmm. and um, which which I didn't get to see you until recently this year. And when I got the opportunity to interview you, because I had a, a a teacher, his name is Mr. Um, Mr. Stenberg, mm -hmm. and he had assigned us a project. And that project was he was really he really wanted us to dive into the fields that we were interested in. And so he said, whether it's the you know medicine or or art, just dive in. And he made us search up for local um, locals around us. Mm -hmm. And my field was photography. So I went and I emailed so many people to give to have an interview to just sit down and ask them questions about the the field and the goal for that was to see if we actually liked it and what the work flow was for that career yeah and uh your assistant i think it was our assistant um who l replied to me and said i can make that happen so i went into your old studio mm -hmm. and we, we were able to sit down and i asked you questions 
And one of the reasons why I continued with my path was because of your answers mm. for my interview. I had asked you, like, um, did I need a, do I need a degree to do photography? And it was you who actually told me, well, you answer, you, you asked me if school was going to teach me to be creative mm -hmm. from my, from me, like the creative creativity. And I said, well, they're going to teach me the technical side, but I think the creativity comes from me. You left me with that. And then since when, after when I had to apply for college and stuff, that was one of the key things that this made me not go. But I think for me, in my case, it was the best decision I took. Cause then I, I came here and, and found, you know, Tay Radio mm -hmm. and the work that I'm doing here is with media and, and storytelling with um, graphic design and different type of stuff. So for me, that was just kind of what I heard from you. Mm -hmm. So it's really awesome for me to hear your very, very beginnings and how you, you know, you broke that adversity that people have and you, you made it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. Did you wanted to add anything about your impression when you met Santi for the first time? Um, well, <laughs> he doesn't remember. So, yeah, that's kind of horrible. I don't actually remember that interview, which is really. Um, I mean, I meet a ton of people, and that's mm -hmm. no excuse. I don't remember names very well, but I always remember faces, and I remember the face, but I couldn't remember from what. Yeah, and, when we were, I was like, oh, I know you. Right. <laughs> so, um, but I will say that. You know, very lucky to have Mr. Steinberg um, and to have that opportunity for a teacher to say, hey, find your passion and go out and ask for it. And mm -hmm. then also really good on you for going out and asking for it, mm -hmm. because that's the biggest step. Like I, I say now, um, like right now, I'm leaning on my long term network of friends to ask a lot of dumb questions. But they're not dumb questions. The only reason I call them dumb questions is because they're dumb questions you wouldn't normally ask of most people. Mm -hmm. Like. The only stupid question is the one you don't ask. And this is how I learned my business. And because you took the risk of actually reaching out and having that interview is a big reason why you're here today. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier uh, that you had 25 interns yeah. go through your, when I <laughs> interviewed, in yeah, when I interviewed you, you had just, um, you guys were building the the program yeah. and I was supposed to be a part of it, but then uh, unfortunately he, pa my teacher passed away and then mm -hmm. we ended up not fulfilling that requirement of our, our project. Right. Um, but I do remember that. So from here to now you've had 25 interns and I believe were you, did you start off as an intern? I did start off as an intern. Okay. Yeah. Well, real quick, that was just 25 interns yeah. in 2020. In 2020. We oh, okay. 20, we've had we've averaged 25 uh, so interns a year since 2020. Um, I always had like 10 to 12 kind of interns through the school to career program okay, that would come okay. and go um, since 2006. Okay. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think about. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of in interns yeah um but what does your internship consist of yeah so up until really this year um we're it's been a if you're available and you just and you say yes <laughs> internship program so it's a hundred hour internship program it's learning by doing we have the fortunate capability that we're always busy we're always doing projects a lot of commercial projects a lot of storytelling for nonprofits. we're all or photo shoots, product shoots, whatever. So whatever someone came into us having an interest in, we had opportunities for them to shadow. We would teach them the basics sometimes, or we would just say, come in and shoot. Let me see what you got. And then give guidance, give that learning by doing opportunity, and then be there to let them fail and then help give them the answers or help give find, let them find the answers to what they were trying to achieve through a photo or video. Mm, and so, really yeah, that's our main program, which is, uh, we call it journey to mastery now. And it's broken down into three avenues. We have two more that we're sussing out for 25 hour breakdowns. Um, one is about the, uh, our sunny side update, which is our good news program. Basically we want to go out and tell stories of people, helping people and inspire the community, give back in other ways. Um, and then the other one is kind of like a, your own dictated story of how you want to run the internship program broken down into 25 hours. Oh, okay. So that'll be launching for sure next year. Christina and Laila have been, and our team have been working 
tirelessly to get that 25 hours broken down with learning outcomes, with curriculum, with videos and all of that. So we're really excited about that. Uh, We're actually, we have a lot of interns right now. We're not taking more applications for this year because we're like, okay, we need to take a step back. And then we're going to run everyone through as beta that we have on these programs and then fully launch them in 2024. What do you mean by beta? Uh, Just as we do, learning by doing and failing. Um, So we have interns that have come to us and that aren't very active because the schedules just don't add up, right? If we're asking you to come do a photo shoot between 10 and 2, Eric will never say yes at night, by the way, um, because he has to sleep. He's got a he's got a schedule. He's got to stick to it, right? Um, the the programs that we're building are like an after school program, uh, like Wednesdays. We have in our calendars four to seven, I think, is our out of after school program. Uh, we'll have other hours dedicated to where we're going to run through the curriculum of twenty five hours of doing photography or video, twenty five hours of editing, twenty five hours of uh, marketing or sales and 25 hours of production and operation so that people can see all the different things that goes into running a production studio. So it's more like an organizational type of way? Yeah, the idea is that at the end of this, you go, hey, I want to pursue a passion of photography or videography as a career, I think, right? Mm -hmm. And so the idea is you can come in in a safe environment, go through all these aspects and be like at the end of it, hey, I love this. I would love to run my own business or I'd love to do my own studio or I'd like to do this aspect. Can, you know, can I go find a job here? How do I get a job doing this, like editing or shooting or get whatever it is or to, for them to go, y'all are nuts. I want to go be a lawyer, <laughs> right? Like I'm not a starving artist. I don't want to go that route. Like then go. So it's just an opportunity for them to get an experience and be like, I get this. I like it. I see what goes into it. It's not just taking a photo, posting on Instagram or TikTok and becoming an influencer. Like, that's not it. Mm-hmm. I like how it's like a career exploration mm-hmm. type slash boot camp. Yeah. Um, and I like how we were talking about internships because you were an intern. Mm-hmm. So how were you able to reach out to, um, is it SDI? No. DTI. Um, yeah, that was basically a product of networking. Um, that's a valuable skill that I think is really important. And so my chiropractor actually, uh, introduced me and referred me over to Trevor. Um, Trevor's always looking for interns. And so he introduced me to Trevor and I showed up day one, uh, met Cesar, who's a good mentor and colleague now. And essentially it's just like building a family, right? You, you recognize other people and they bring different things to the table. And so when I saw that Cesar, was a master of videography. He's very talented and very skillful. Um, I took it upon myself to ask him all of the questions that I wish I had someone there to answer. And so part of it was me, you know, actually putting in the effort and being genuinely curious and being able to learn. And then the other part of it was, for example, Cesar, Ra, Trevor, Kristen, um, Grimshaw, Justin, Law, Christina, all these people bring different things to the table. And so you're never going to, go into the same thing every day. Every day is different. You know, like a nine to five, you have a very rigorous schedule. And, you know, Trevor was talking about scheduling. I have a rigorous schedule. But when I go to the studio, I never know what to expect. And so when I got into the studio, um, every day was different. And so that provided me a different opportunity. And so I think what we're doing is providing people opportunity and and basically exchanging that for their time. And so if they want to put in the time and the work and the effort, we're going to give them opportunities like going out to a shoot um, learning a, vig- a really rigorous course in videography. You know, you can shadow Cesar for your whole 100 hours if you'd like and really just become a master of videography. Um, or you can basically, you know, talk to Trevor and learn how to run a business. You can talk to me and learn how to master social media. You can talk to anyone and figure out what it is you want. It's really, It really is a curated learning experience. And so mm-hmm. that's how I got started into DTI. And then that's kind of how I took things. And that's how I approached the internship. Wow. I think there's like a lot to learn from those like, like the group of people that you guys are in. And I, I kind of relate to that because for us, like Tay team, I like I've been going to work more often now and it feels like a team, but with different people with different skills and you mm-hmm. learn from each one from each other. And so I, I get your perspective and it's really nice to have 
um, you know, that community to go to, especially if you're willing to put in the work, right. I think it's a great opportunity. Did you want it to add anything? No, I, I think everything you guys are saying is awesome. Um, I do want to hear more a little bit. We talked about the internship and, and you know, what other services are you providing for the community? Yeah. So what work can they reach out to for, for them? Yeah. So our first focus is the internship program, our generated mm-hmm. mastery. Okay. Like we want students to participate and we want them to go on and get the experience in all the services that we do offer. Um, so that's one, but then the other, the services is we break it down into photography, videography, and uh, marketing production agency, and live streaming, even though kind of live streaming falls under videography. Um, under photography, it's mainly uh, portraits, events, lifestyle portraits, um, a lot of nonprofit fundraising events. Uh, the heck do you call those things? Conferences. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, product photography, kind of basically it's like a personal stock photography. Okay, like we, okay. Most of it's small business. Um, we do do some family stuff and we do do some weddings. We don't really promote that yet, um, but it's really focused on the small business advertising to help the local community and the local nonprofits tell their story. Uh, video, we offer educational video, videography and marketing um, and fund in need. So, and they all sound very similar, but education is like, I just want the information out there. So whoever it reaches finds it and gets the information. Then there's the marketing side where it's like, I want to educate people, but I need an ask, like hire us or donate to us or take an action of some sort. And then there's the fund and need, which we do for a lot of nonprofit fundraising events where they go around at the point and they all fundraise. So you get everybody to raise the paddle and part of that is tugging on the stories you know telling the heartfelt stories tugging on the heart and getting people to raise their paddles and donate to the organization yeah i think there's a lot to learn from like just being in this foundation i think one of the things that you've mentioned is like uh, reaching out to people and that's more like a coordination skill that is really important for people to have Mm -hmm. like even outside of filmmaking it can be uh coordination skills can be applied to any other um job so i think anyone who has like a has an interest in photography and decides that they don't want to do photography or you know filmmaking mm-hmm. they they still learn like these essential skills yeah. for other jobs so i don't think there's a uh lose in this situation no it's totally you're, you hit it right on the point that the other side of it is we provide a lot of life skills and life opportunities. So a lot of times um, we've had people come in and we encourage you to get side work. We encourage you to do the the work that you want to do. And if you want to bring it through us, great. But part of that is like, how did you get that? How did you deal with the client? How did you contract? What did you charge? Like, okay, hey, you just shot yourself in the foot. It's okay because it's learning, mm-hmm. right? But... Let's provide all of this experience to help them grow and do what they want to do. Yeah, I like that. I agree with um, Annalie, and it's I'm kind of taking it in in our experience and hearing from from you guys. Mm-hmm. It's how you you're not just putting someone on the this is what you're just doing, but you're right. giving them the opportunity to grow. And for example, with with Javier, who is our studio coordinator, one thing I, I value and appreciate about him is that he is the studio coordinator. So he's technically the sound and and supposed to be running this the whole thing, but he's never in denial of us um, growing. Mm-hmm. And so he'll give, you know, Annalie and someone else the opportunity to. So that's why he hosts, because he's giving us the opportunity to be in the you know in the control room and be able to to handle and run the show mm-hmm. and so i i for us it has it has been very helpful because we learn on the spot when something goes wrong this is where our problem solving skills come into hand and it's like uh oh we're live something went wrong how do we solve it and we can't disrupt Javier if he's hosting we can't be like hey you need to come out here it's more of like what have we gone through and what have you learned 
And how do you figure that out? And so it gives me the same energy of uh, DTI and how you guys um, can reach out to so many others. And even in our organization, like this is the studio and the media room, but we reach out to, you know, those who are actually in hand with nonprofits, how it works, how it is to ask for funding and stuff. And so even though that's not necessarily our our area, we work with, um, you know, our um, Lori, who's... Um, our funds development and she has guided us and like oh this is how funds work this mm -hmm. is how it, so for us it's like taking on so much more and and gives me the same energy of dti with that being said i am gonna play a psa and we will be right back a local impact and take action against climate change in your community? The Center for Volunteer and Nonprofit Leadership, in partnership with CA Climate Action Corps, California Volunteers, Office of the Governor, has an ongoing climate action wildfire prevention project in the four counties that we serve, Marin, Napa, Solano, and Sonoma. The mission of this project is to engage community members in volunteer work to reduce wildfire risk in communities around the North Bay. Since September 2022, we have recruited over 500 climate volunteers. In Marin, CVNL has an ongoing wildfire prevention project called San Pedro Ridge Fire Safety. San Pedro Ridge Fire Safety is led by Robin Pindoli and is a collection of friends and neighbors from throughout the county who are working to protect neighborhoods throughout San Rafael from wildfire. Join them two Saturdays a month to pull invasive French broom and help our local woodlands get back to health. The CBNL Climate Impact Project is a great volunteer opportunity for students in need of community service hours. Go to volunteernow.org slash climate dash impact dash project to sign up today. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to us. Before we continue with the show, I want to give some PSA. As you all know, Tay Radio is hosting a career fair, and it's going to be on August 3rd from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. You can RSVP. You can DM us and then we'll be putting our website once it's live. But this is a place where we're inviting business businesses, organizations to come and table at MCM, the building at 709 Fifth Avenue. And basically, this is giving the youth an opportunity to network and see if there's a job or internship opportunity that you want to apply to. And hopefully you can get a job or an internship. Um so keep that on your radar. We're going to be posting uh, more information on our social media. And then as always, Open Mic is every last Friday of every month from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at MCM 709 Fifth Avenue, Santa Fe. And then Karina, our, I'm blanking on her, her title, but she is doing a fun summer art for children for the ages of 9 to 14. And it's going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays starting next week from 1 to 4 p.m. And it's going to end on July 27th. Um, it, we prefer that you guys reserve um, before you come do the walk-in. And it's $10 per art class. And yeah, 7 to 14. Yeah. Sorry, I messed up the age. <laughs> 7 to 14. <laughs> that is all for our PSA. Um, now we're going to be diving into uh, learn more about Eric and I, his. Yeah, I think one of the things that we've talked before the PSA was about skills and whether it's not like a win or lose situation going into this internships. Um, but for Eric, I wanted to ask you, like, what skills have you learned and how did you apply them to um, inside the foundation and also, also outside? Yeah, Emily, that's a great, that's a really great question. Um, multitude of skills. Um, I'll start off with basically life skills, then I'll go into more specific technical skills. Uh, I learned a lot of life skills. Basically, I learned how to learn. That was most important. I learned how to communicate, social networking. That was also very important. Whether it's, it is talking to clients, that's what I started with, but also social networking out in, in public in the real world, um, not just over social media, but also a little bit of that. I also learned entrepreneurship skills, um, how to communicate within sort of um, a group. I learned leadership skills, how to basically, um, you know, follow a leader, for example, Trevor, but then also lead, you know, as my own person um, and lead my team as well. Um, oftentimes I'll take you know, um, take the lead on a project. And I learned how to, you know, be a leader coming from a sports background. It's very different, but it's also a lot of the same principles. So I learned that. I learned mindset. Uh, mindset was very important to me and, and basically being within a group and 
being open to other people's perspectives and and understanding who it is they are and, and why it is what we do. And one thing I also learned was um, mission-oriented objectives. And so our mission is all the same. We have different ways of getting there, but since our mission is the same, no one is more important than the mission. The mission comes first. And so um, thinking about it like that really helped opened up my mind and kind of helped me see see the the mission for what it was and then kind of work on myself, personal development, business development stuff. Um, so those are a couple of skills I learned. Um, I would say apart from social networking, mindset, leadership, um, entrepreneurship, I want to say I also learned, um, communication skills, um, self-confidence as well, being on camera, you know, kind of getting out of my comfort zone. Um, in terms of the technical side of things, I, I learned all of the basic, you know, videography, photography, and, business or slash like operations, so to speak, that kind of circle. Um, in terms of photography, Grimshaw is, is very, very talented. And so is Trevor. Um, just all the time at shoots, just, you know, on the spot, under pressure, I ask like, yo, what are you doing? What is this? What is this? How do you do that? What is ISO? What is shutter speed? And then they do not hesitate to tell me like, okay, shutter speed's got to be, you know, one over 60 if you're FPS and, you know, just crazy stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, shoot, okay, let me write this down. Or just mental notes. Um, learning from Cesar videography, um, tactics. He tells me like, watch this video, learn how to do this or practice this or, you know, emulate this. And then, um, or I'll ask him like, okay, are you doing this? You know, because the lighting is off on this way. And, you know, every time I ask a question, they always never hesitate to answer the question to the fullest. They give me what I need, but more. And so, um, I learned a lot of like technical skills when it comes to that. Raw has also helped mentor me a lot when it comes to operational skills as well. Um, she's taught me a lot about just the ins and out of organizational structure, business structure, um, how to send emails, how to automate emails. I mean, I already knew how to send an email. I won't lie. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, that's all I knew. And so she's like, okay, this is how you categorize emails. This is how you, you know, organize tasks in Asana, project management, customer relationship management, all these things. And I'm like, wow, like, but that's only because I wanted to learn those things. If I didn't, you know, want to learn that, I wouldn't have learned it. And so um, there's a multitude of skills. Um, right now, I'm kind of learning sales from Trevor. Him and I are working very close together. Um, I'm, I want to start kind of getting more sales and start basically communicating to people on a deeper level, more so touching their why. Like, why, why do you want what you want to do? And then not exchanging... Um, and I'm learning, actually, we, Trevor and I had a conversation this morning, which was very valuable to me. We were talking about instead of exchanging money, like a money transaction, we're exchanging opportunities with people. So, um, you know, when you provide people value or just genuinely care about who they are, they oftentimes because they don't they don't get that, you know, and from people, whatever, for whatever reason, um, they oftentimes help you out in a way that you never would have expected. And so. Um, I'm learning that sort of, that's not a business skill. I think that's an overall life skill. And then um, I'm also learning, you know, the A to Z process of how to actually outreach to a client, kind of what you were talking about, outreaching to people and, and kind of getting people. And then also closing the client with um, Kristen, one of our, um, she's our director of production. And so she kind of does like all the contracts and all this other fancy stuff that I have no idea how to do. And so I'm really diving into that right now. And so, what I say, what I'll say, I say that to say this, um, working with desire to inspire, um, it's more than just a job, it's a family. And so you gain a lot, a lot of skills that have to do not just with business, but with life. And these skills that you get are lessons. They come in the form of lessons. They come in the form of mentoring. They come in the form of actually just doing the act and taking action. And I think those three components are very valuable when it comes to learning because not only do they stick in your mind, but then once you practice them over and over again, they become habits. And I think habits are very important because that is going to create who it is you want to be. And if you want to be a business owner, you know, follow Trevor, you know, long enough and you'll be just like him. So it's things like that is what I learned um, from from doing and working with Desire to Inspire Studios Foundation. Yeah, I think we should also give credit to you because you had that self-discipline to be okay. willing to, you know, um, do the work and learn more of it. And that being said, I also okay. want to hear your honest truth. Like, how would you describe your learning curve? Has it been very steep or has it been going down low mm. and then up? How is it? So that's that's a really interesting question. The learning curve has to do a lot with self-reflection. Um, at the beginning, my learning curve was very, very slow because I didn't know how to educate myself properly. I didn't know how I like to learn. What I realize now 
because my learning curve has just skyrocketed through the roof, I like to learn through lecture. Um, and I like to learn by listening to people speak and having maybe like a PowerPoint presentation, writing handwriting notes, and then also then typing them back up and then reading them to myself and then actually making a video out of those notes. So going from A to B to C to D, and then finally that process, wrapping it up, that's helped me basically learn things like very, very, very quickly. Um, it does take time, but once I make the video about it or speak about it on a podcast like this, then I know it's in my mind and it's part of who I am. And so the learning curve starts off by basically writing every night, like how your day was and reflecting on your day, because you need to get into that habit of really sitting down and acknowledging the day that you just had and what happened throughout the day, how you felt, because if you don't do that, then soon enough, every day passes by and, you know, you get to the end of your life and you realize that every day passed by like that and you kind of didn't have a life worth living. So that's why I mentioned Aristotle earlier. That's a philosophical concept. And so, um, the learning curve starts off very slow for me. Um, but now I'm at a point where I've recognized who it is I am and how it is I learn. And so now I just pick up anything that I want very, very fast. And so, um, I would say that's, that's how it's been going. Very good question. Thank you for sharing. I, I love listening to both of you guys. You want to add something? I was going to say, how would that apply to this morning? This morning, well... And what did we do? <laughs> this is why I like Trevor, because he challenges me in a different way. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what he's talking about, but if I have to make something up right now, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of lessons today. I think one thing is business cards. Um, I don't have a business card. I like exchanging phone numbers because I'm very, you know active in the digital age and so um maybe today i should maybe get a digital or a business card maybe 10 business cards um another thing is that that lesson you taught me about value exchange and uh, versus oppor or money exchange versus uh, opportunity exchange mm -hmm. um what are you referring i was going to gonna talk about just we went to a networking group this oh, morning okay. called bni that i've been a part of since 2006 when i started my business but it's about standing up asking for referrals and asking for help, but being part of a community that wants to help everybody grow their business. Most people hate standing up in front of people and talking about uh -huh. what they do. And so Eric, without any real knowledge of what he was getting into today, said yes, came to the meeting, and then stood up and gave his quick 15 seconds about who he is and what he does and with desire oh. to inspire studios. And it's usually a very uncomfortable place for most people. And I would say from our perspective, from my perspective is, one, you rocked it. Thank you. Two, I could tell you're like, well, what am I doing in this room? But <laughs> you were listening, like you were paying attention. So I guess my question, going back to what I was asking is, you had no idea what to expect today. Yeah. But you embraced it. Mm -hmm. You jumped into it. You stood up and you did it. And then how did it feel afterwards? Afterwards, I felt great. Um, I felt like it was on to the next thing though. I didn't really think about it too much. I, I you know, cause at the beginning, I won't lie. My, my presupposition of this was I'm going to be in a room full of older white people. It's not necessarily where I want to be at seven 30 in the morning. Um, truth be told, but as soon as that mindset kind of crossed, crossed me, I said, no, 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 no. Be grateful. Let's go help someone. Let's go get someone some business. Let's go help other people. Let's see what we can do out here. I don't know what to expect, but that's it. And so as soon as I cut that negative feeling or negative thought out, replaced it with the positivity afterwards i was like light work like i love it that's perfect yeah. and then just moved on that's awesome so one of those just little learning moments yeah, that definitely. in real time oh, yeah that's just awesome to hear that yeah and kind of connecting with what you were saying one about your business card um mm -hmm. when i when i saw trevor he said um i asked him for a card and he pulled out a card and he's like, just, he tapped it on my phone and his, his whole like information came up and actually because of you, I ordered one so that I, <laughs> so I, so I don't have to, you can to, scan my card yeah, right here. but it was like very quick and, um, just things that you learn. The other thing you were mentioning was that when you learned the exchanging not for money, but for opportunities. Yeah. And I have businesses that I run with my family and, and like, we always have to think about like a lot of numbers and stuff, which is great. It's part of business. Working in a nonprofit is very different because we're working with funds and we have a mission and everything has to connect to the mission. And maybe not all, not, not all nonprofits do this, but specifically with MCM, one of our my mentors when it comes to really 
making good partnership. His name is Diango Reyes, and he has helped me so much when we go to events and and he we meet people and you get this rush of excitement and want to partner right right away. But he always asks Javier and I the question of like, do you guys have the same value and what can you guys connect with? And so that reminded me of of how different it is sometimes working in a nonprofit, but you can take it into business in your daily life and, and, and you know, expand on that. With that, my question is, what is a key learning experience from running a nonprofit? And both of you guys can answer this question. You want to go ahead? Uh, it's up to you, man. You got an answer? I got like 30. I could, I could start off with something that's a little bit more recent, and then I'll let you um, follow up with that. I would say the key lesson is it's not about the money. It's really not about the money. Like, it's it goes so far beyond that. And the, re- the reason I bring that up is because I was a very money-oriented person growing up here in Marin County. I'm used mm-hmm. to seeing million-dollar cars, million-dollar houses, like whatever, right? Uh, maybe not a million-dollar car. I haven't seen a Bugatti out here quite yet. But I will say this. Money is very important. I think money... Money solves a lot of problems, but connection, community, and then value and virtue is way more important than that. And so what we're doing at DTI, I think I've learned a lot of lessons over the time, but most recently, we, to be quite honest, we just don't have enough work to have enough money to pay some of our staff, and including me. And so the reason I bring that up is because nothing about what I do has changed. I'm still showing up and I've actually kind of realized I'm like, Oh, now it's time to work harder. Like I have more pressure now. Like, let's go, like, let's really see what I'm made of because a man is not judged or a person really is not judged, you know, when they're at the top of the mountain winning and they've finally climbed the mountain, whatever, you know, hooray, hooray. No, they're judged when they're at the bottom. When they're at the bottom, you really get to see someone like Trevor's true character come out. Like, Oh, I'm laughing. I'm not mad or I'm not sad. I'm laughing at, you know, how these people are, you know, running over me and stomping over me because that's their choice. And that's, that shows a lot about a man that shows a lot about a person shows their character. And so a lesson that I've learned is essentially when times get tough and the lessons, you know, start piling up and they're maybe not the best lesson. Every lesson is good, but they're coming different ways and they're very negative. At least, um, you know, right now it's like, Oh shit, we're not not having money. We don't have work. Um, that's okay. That's okay. I've learned to stop, relax, look around, make a call. I learned that from the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And what that meant to me is this, is I can either A, cry about it, whine about it, complain about it and say like, you know what, Trevor, this is not going to work out. If you're not going to pay me, I'm not going to be here. Or I can be like this. Oh, like this is a challenge. Like how can I make the most out of this? How can we reinvent Desire to Inspire Studios to actually have success now moving forward? This is a chance to reinvent ourselves. This is a chance to try new strategies, experiment, beta test things, do things differently in a way where kind of the pressure's on but the pressure's off you know once you hit rock bottom the only way to go is up and so i'm like okay well now let me look back let's start doing other things let's start start branding let's start you know doing different types of storytelling let's start experimenting with different types of content and so this has taught me to basically reinvent and recreate who i am at the same time incongruent with the business you know start trying to let everybody know like yeah hope hopefully you think the same way i do and then let's you know move forward and carry on and so this is just essentially overall it's a it's a perspective shift it's it's like it's a challenge it's a challenge in perspective like am i going to make the right decision or the wrong decision and so with nonprofit work specifically you get that choice every day it's up to you to make that right decision thank you and trevor yeah <laughs> <clears throat> i don't want to follow that no, that was amazing um so in touching what he talked about like right now we're at probably the toughest time in my professional career that I have had since deciding to pursue my passion of photography or my passion as a career. Uh, it was last Monday, um, not right before 4th of July, but the week before that finally a series of learning failures in my running this organization came to a hold. And I'm like, I don't, in our team meeting, I was able to, I'm able to share, like I share fully i'm our whole team is this way but i was like i don't know how i'm not going to be able to pay everyone and i broke down and i was it was the hardest time at that like pinnacle moment and the silence that followed was tough but then the team one by one started 
coming out and being like, dude, I got you. What, what can I do? How can I help? Where are we going? Like how we, we know we're going to get through this. This is a blip. Like, thank you for all the work that you've done for us. Like the opportunities that you've provided. And like all of a sudden I'm, I'm very grateful because like I said before, failure is when you learn your life's greatest lessons. And I know that I'm, the universe has been whapping me over the head with the two by four for several months and I just wasn't getting the lesson. And the lesson I think is be grateful for where we're at, no matter how much it's grown or no matter how bottom it is, the bottom always feels the same, same, but you've always got to be grateful. So our team came out and just said, Hey, how can I help? This is what I'm grateful for. Like I can do this. I can forego my paycheck. I can, I can bank, bank it a little bit. I can, and it was just incredible. Um, so in running a nonprofit in my my idea was that every nonprofit should be sustainable. It shouldn't rely on funds. I don't want to be at the whim of whether I get funding or not from governments or from private donations or from anything. So our premise is to build a system that works. By the services we provide, we teach people how to tell stories of people helping people. And we give them that opportunity due to running the organization and, and realizing that I've never had experience running a nine-person organization, if you include our VA, a 10-person, and if you include a couple people who volunteer their time with us, 11 people, I am, I'm at a learning curve. I'm at a, I'm a point where I've never been before. But I can embrace it. I can go back and I can let my team know where we're at. And together, just in the last, like, week since letting everyone know that I can't go and just, I can't be the only one responsible for bringing things in and talking about desire to inspire studios. Eric's brought in something. Cesar's brought in something. Ra's brought in something. Our team is coming together even more than I thought possible because I thought we were already an insanely like close knit group team. So I think that, um, Running a nonprofit should be sustainable. However, I'm also being humbled and having to reach out to my community, people that have supported me through the last 17 years and leaning on our mission and leaning who we are. Because I've been doing this work since I started in 2006. Didn't have the definition of Desire to Inspire Studios Foundation at that moment in time, but the premise was there. And my biggest thing is leaning on community, finding like-minded like-minded people, figuring out that, you know, there's so much more we can do together than we can ever do on our own. And it's okay to ask for help. That's probably the biggest life lesson that I am getting by running a nonprofit organization right now. Thank you both for sharing and sharing that, you know, being vulnerable in that way, I think a lot of people want to say, oh, we're doing just perfectly mm -hmm. fine. Nothing goes wrong. And we can say the same mm -hmm. um, with MCM. We've had, a, a, a you know, ups and downs in, in our history. But I, I love how you brought up the, the sustainability about it. Um, like you mentioned before, nonprofits are run mainly by funds and, and private donations. Mm -hmm. But it's, some, it's not really sustainable because funds sometimes run you know, two years, you got to find more funds. And I think that um, plays a big role, uh, at least for me uh, in the business side mindset that I have with my family. It's like we are, you know, services and, and going out there, but nonprofits a bit different. So thank you both for sharing. I do want to ask, you know, what are your plans for 2023 and the future mm -hmm. for, for DTI? You mentioned the internship program, um, but with what you're going through right now, what is your plan? So the biggest shift for us is we've been telling people about our services that we offer in service of our mission. Our mission is the core of who we are and what we do, which is to teach our youth and really focus on neurodiverse youth to pursue their passion of photography or videography as a career. However, in the past three years, in the past 17 years, it's always been focused on the services in service of our mission. We are switching our messaging and our marketing and our everything we do to be like, hey, we run a vocational training media production 501c3. 
and we do it by our services. So we're shifting. It's not a huge shift, but it's shifting to be about our program first and about the impact our students have had um, on us and then also that we've had on them. And Eric is an amazingly great story, and one day we'll dive more into that. But um, his internship helped, in short, postpartum support services get a grant to be able to have a place of business, which allowed them to triple the amount of families that they've helped. Because of his internship program, the end of it was to create a video that was for a grant. They got the grant. And now oh, they're wow. able to do it. So it's yeah. like a, a full circle, like, oh, my. And we had this discovery in our first, like, live stream daily check-in. Yeah. We're like, oh, my God, look at this. Why don't we tell these stories? Oh, I don't know. We've always been focused on the services first because we've been chasing the money in order to do the work we love to do. So the rest of 2023, we're really focusing on what we do, which is tell the, tell the stories of people helping people and teach people how to do it through our services. And let me um, add to that real quick and not only tell, but show. I yeah. think what we don't do enough is, is show, right? More evidence, fewer words. And I think that right. concept is going to stick very well because people are visual. People love seeing what we do. And I think ultimately we, we do create high quality production and mm -hmm. high quality stuff. And so showing it rather yeah. than telling people about it is going to be a key shift as well. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think for MCM and I'm also I'm their uh, social media coordinator. Mm -hmm. And so one of the biggest things that hasn't been shown in our organization and I can kind of see that it's the work that we do. Yeah, it's so mm -hmm. much about the the funding and 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 all of that, but the main purpose, I would say, is the people mm -hmm. and, and bringing that to life and, and show the community like, hey, this is the stories that are, are here. Yeah. They're not far away. They're here. And so how we're supporting one another is super important. Do you want to add something? I, I did want to say that um, I think we said in the beginning that it's from humble beginnings, but I think it's also to stay consistent in being humble throughout your your learning experience mm -hmm. because uh first you have to be humble in order to be able to willing to learn and so i think i've i've seen that through you guys that you guys are humbling yourselves and learning from your experience and embracing it and moving forward towards that yeah, mm -hmm. yeah we're near the end of the show and i want to you know ask how can the the community support dti and how can they find your work and contact you? I'll leave the how can they find our work and contact us to <laughs> Eric. Um, I will say that this is how the community can support us. And this is something that um, hit me, especially going through this. So when one is at the bottom, they say that there's nowhere to go but up. But in reality, when one is at the bottom, they can only look at how further down they can go before they fail or give up. When one is at the bottom, if they just, well, if they felt the way it's most people do, that it's all their fault and that they're the only ones that can get them out of it. But in reality, if when one is at the bottom, if they can share their story, they can share their struggle, they can open up and share it with somebody, someone will have been there, will be willing to help, will connect with them and give them a helping hand up. So the way that our community can support us is by being vulnerable, sharing what's going on in your life with whoever you have in your life. Connect at a much deeper level and be real with people. That will help our community as a whole level up, grow, empower everybody involved. For us specifically, if you need someone to talk to, <laughs> you can reach out to us. Um, but if you need someone to share that story with photo, with video, um, with live streaming, those are what we do. And then also, um, you know, reach out with the youth. Our youth are in trouble, uh, especially our young adults in high school right now and just getting out of high school because of the pandemic, because of being isolated so much. Just talk to them. And for us, let them know that they have a space that's a sanctuary that they can come play. Yeah, I'll add on to that. Um, if you want to help us out, pull up to our barbecue. I believe oh. this this um, next month, just this month, actually July. It's going to be July 26th. 7th. 27th. 
July 27th, Thursday, July 27th, 2023, last Thursday of July. Um, pull up, have some food, have some fun, just chop it up. And then um, if you want to reach out to us for any inquiries or anything like that, you can email um, info at D2IS, Eric at D2IS, Trevor at D2IS. Dot org. Dot org. And or find us on Instagram at D2IS Marin and shoot us a DM or follow our content. You heard it here. So follow them on their social media. And I just want to take this time to thank you both for being here. I've learned so much. Um, every time I'm here, I learn so much from our guests. And it's just, um, it, I love the work that we do. And I think we are in, on the same boat. With that being said, um, that is the end of our show. Tune in next Friday to for our next show. We'll see you guys next time. Thank Bye. you both Bye. for the opportunity. This is incredible.